This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. What stops people from taking the red pill? What does that mean? Well, stay tuned. My guest is going to explain it all in just a few seconds. Don't forget to head on over to OverwhelmSucks.com. That's right, OverwhelmSucks.com to get my brand new free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm overwhelmsucks.com. Jerome Myers left corporate America because he realized that although he had many accomplishments, he had not gained significance because he was not leading a centered life. Now as a leadership coach, he uses his personal journey and unique training method to guide other apex performers in leadership positions to face their toughest personal and professional challenges head on. Jerome, welcome to the show. Mark, so good to be with you, man. Thanks for having me in. I'm glad you're you're here too. And you now, if you're not watching this on YouTube, Jerome has a little more hair than I do. I shave my head every morning, but uh, he's looking good. He's looking good. He's got that smile on, and I, I love it. So, got to start at the top. What do you mean by the red pill? Is this a Matrix uh, reference? It is an ode to the 1999 <laughs> documentary, right, okay. where the guide Morpheus offers a choice to the hero neo and he he offers a red or a blue pill and he says you know if you want to wake up and live in a world where you're in ignorant bliss take the blue one and if you want to see how deep the rabbit hole goes then take the red pill and the red pill is only offering people the truth and so mm-hmm. it was me in that moment where I decided that this is where I needed to be and this is where I wanted to go because things were not going well. I was trapped. I was trapped in the matrix. Hmm. I think everyone has been trapped in the matrix. They may not have admitted it or even recognized it, but I think we all been there. Now I was fired from my job back in 2005. That's what got me to take the red pill and decide, you know, what's really going on out there was yours voluntary or involuntary. Voluntary exiting corporate. Excellent. Voluntary. Yeah. I, I think so many of us think we have to get the paycheck every two weeks. I think so many of us are monthly, whatever your cycle is. Mm-hmm. And we get asked that question whenever we decide to do something different. How are you going to pay for health insurance? How are you <laughs> going to get health insurance? And it's one of the most simplest things to do now. And whether people like Obamacare or the marketplace or whatever, I mean, it just makes things so simple for you to have an option other than be stuck in a space where you're not appreciated. Um, just a cog in the machine. I, I last week I had the opportunity to tour the Ruge, uh, Ford F-150 plant up in Detroit, Michigan or right outside of it and to see the people doing the same thing over and over again, looking almost as a robots where they're mm. putting this piece on and then putting that piece on and then going back to the bin and doing the same thing. And I, I was just thinking to myself <laughs> as I was talking to my daughters, I can't imagine doing this for 27 years. Like the tour guide said that he had done prior to retiring. Wow. It, there's just so much more that comes to life when you are on the outside in a freedom space. Yeah, I agree with 100%. And getting back to the healthcare thing, here's another thing you can do uh, stay healthy. <laughs> it's like, uh, not how about not needing health insurance? So, a lot of people, they're like, what do you mean take care of myself? Well, you know, exercise a little, don't eat all the crap food out there, just eat better. See, if you're healthy, you don't have to go to the doctor. 
But I think a lot of people just want the health insurance and then they eat really horribly so they can go to the doctor and get pills. I take an opposite approach. I try to take really good care of myself. And if I had to go to the doctor, which I had to go to once in the last 10 years because I'm focusing on taking care of myself. But to your point about doing the same thing over and over again, when I became an entrepreneur involuntarily, unlike you, back in 2005, people thought I was nuts. And there are people in my family and my friend circle like, what do you do again? You're an entrepreneur. You're a trainer. They don't get it. But when I can take a day off and go to lunch with my wife, they're like, how can you do that? I'm like, because I don't work Monday through Friday, nine to five. I work when my clients need me and I create content like you do. And I, I love the freedom. And yeah, we are basically always unemployed until we get our next client. And I kind of like that because I'm like you, I don't want to be doing the same thing over and over and over again. That would drive me absolutely insane. So I'm with you there. You know, it's funny. You said you became an entrepreneur because you were let go from the position that you had at whatever company you were working for. But that's not when you became an entrepreneur, Mark. I, I suspect you were an entrepreneur before then. True. And that just gave you... It was the catalyst. It, it moved yeah. you to the point where you're like, okay, I'm in control of my own destiny now. <laughs> there, there are no golden handcuffs keeping me. Like, I'm not walking away from this bird in the hand. It's like, okay, I, I can do what I want. It's an opportunity for me to make a new decision. And I think that is in a lot of people. They're allowing the fact that this situation is good to keep them from getting to the great the exceptional, mm -hmm. right? And I, I just encourage you to really consider the fact that you have a choice. You do have a choice. You, you don't have to keep going to that job if that's not what you want to do. Mm. You, you do have the opportunity to start that thing that you, you're talking about starting, but you're scared to actually start because you don't know if you'll be successful. Mm. That is where the freedom begins to unravel. That's when you begin to understand that there's this alternative scenario that can be more rewarding than the situation that you're in. Now, granted, most entrepreneurs probably only make $50,000 a year or so when I looked at the data last, and there may be some people out there in your audience who I suspect are high in, making six figures, and they're like, well, how can I live off that or how can I make that? But what I found is the people who are truly on purpose and in purpose, $50,000 is probably what they make a month or a week. And mm -hmm. so just really being in a space in a place where you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, know this if you don't know anything else, your, your gifts will always make room for you. When you're on purpose and in purpose, you, your gifts will always make room for you. Yeah, I love how you said that because a lot of people are, are afraid. They're like, well, what if I don't have health insurance or what if I don't have vacation? I'm like, you're, you're focusing on the wrong things. What, what do you want to do with your life? Because breaking news, we only get one life. And I think you should do what you want to do, really and truly want to do. And I think one of the big things people make a mistake is they look at other people. They have, they suffer from what I call comparisonitis. They, they're like, well, John is doing this and Betty's doing this. And, and I'm like, okay, first of all, focus on becoming the best version of you possible. We're not saying quit your job today. 
We're saying if you have something you want to do, then start doing it. You're 100% right. I was an entrepreneur before Mama Bird kicked me out of the nest. And I think everyone, whether it's writing a book or you want to be a vlogger or whatever the case may be, you can start doing it when you're not at work and then you start building that up. You don't have to quit your job and start. You can kind of like do the two together. And then when you are at a point with your new business that can support you and your family or whatever else needs to support, then you can let the other business go. But this illusion where, you know, my, my dad's 81 years old and he doesn't understand, you know, you can work any hours you want because he worked the steel factory. He was the member of the union and they did this many, they worked these hours on these days and got so much time off. And, and that worked for him. But for me, no, that doesn't work for me at all. Well, it certainly doesn't work now. And it's funny. You said, uh, we're unemployed until we get our our new client. I I like to tell people I'm unemployable at this point. Yeah, There, There is no way. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have to go work at McDonald's one day. I hope not, but maybe I do. But there's no way that I think I could go back into the system. And it's only because once your mind is stretched, once you have this experience, how do you go back? Mm. How do you go back to good when you know what great is? I Nothing bugs me more, Mark, than somebody always saying everything's okay. Are you? (laughs) I'm okay. How's work? It's okay. How's your wife? Oh, okay. How the kids? Okay. Are you excited about anything in your life? <laughs> Very true. Is anything amazing? Is anything great? Anything? No, everything's okay. And I just want to keep it that way. They've numbed the lows and they've totally numbed the highs. And so they're mm-hmm. sitting in this steady state. And some people think that's amazing. But what I, I learned from my daughter when she was six months and, uh, there was a toy just out of reach on the living room floor and she was sucking her thumb because she was a thumb sucker. She would try to get up and crawl, but she didn't want to take her thumb out of her mouth. And <laughs> if she didn't take her thumb out of her mouth, she couldn't get to the toy. And so she would lay her head back on the floor and start crying because she wanted the toy, but she didn't want to take the thumb out of her mouth. And so the thumb would calm her down and then she'd get back up. And eventually she took her thumb out of her mouth, crawled, got the toy. And the experience pure bliss because she had the toy that she wanted. Right. She was willing to give up the okay, the good for the great. And I think so many of us are just sitting there sucking our thumb. I, I want to ask the the listeners, you know, what if, what if you started writing that book? What if you started that YouTube channel? What if you started the podcast? What if you will never know because to use Jerome's analogy, you have your thumb stuck in your mouth and that greatness is right there, but you can't get to it unless you make some changes. And I think people, I heard the story many, many years ago, you, you have a poopy diaper, but you don't get a change because well, it's, it's, it's your poopy diaper and it's your stink. So you're not going to change, which is kind of disgusting, but that's what a lot of people are doing. They're, they're settling. And I don't like when people settle. I believe there's greatness in everyone. And I'll be honest with you, Jerome, when you ask me how I'm doing, even if I'm not having a good day, even if I'm not feeling well, I always say great. First of all, the other person doesn't care if I go, well, you know, my dog threw up on the carpet and they don't care. So I say great. And I don't just say great. I say great. Why? Because then they're like, <laughs> don't people the laugh. They're like, well, you're kind of crazy. I'm like, well, have you ever seen Winnie the Pooh? Oh, yeah. 
I'm Tigger. Okay. That's the way I am all the time. And because I get one life when I roll out of bed, I'm excited for the day. People, I know a lot of people and you probably do too. We're all bad. And they're like, Oh, it's another day. It's morning already. I'm like, you've, that's how you're starting your whole day is dreading the day ahead. If you can't wake up excited that you got another life, another day to live in your life. I think you're really missing the boat here. Mark, I, I suspect those folks aren't listening to this show. <laughs> Very Usually, true. <laughs> the people that like you, you repel those folks, right? Because it just annoys <laughs> them. Like, how can this guy have so much joy? Like, you talked about Tigger. I thought I went straight to Tony the Tiger. Or, yeah, oh, Tony there you the go. <laughs> Get some, uh, what do you call it? Some Frosted Flakes, man. Here yeah, Frosted Flakes. Yep. It's not good for you, but the attitude's good for you, though. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. You know, if you're not. If you decided to take the blue pill, Jerome, can they go back and take the red pill? Is it too late for them? Never too late. You can take the <laughs> pill every day. I try to get one every day, man. I'll be honest with you. I, I think the red pill is the way to go every day. Yep. Um, and I think there are experiences throughout the day that could absolutely give you opportunity to take the blue pill if you want. If you want the ignorant bliss, you can go do that, right? For instance, you, you've talked about food, and so I'm a pickle myself, right? DoorDash is right here on my phone, right? And I can certainly put in that I want a number one for McDonald's with the high C fruit punch and a McFlurry on the side. And I know that if I eat that, then I'm going to be sluggish. And I'm back to back for about 10 hours today. And if I put that in my body for lunch, three or four hours later, it's just going to be a disaster and I won't be able to show up for the people I need to show up for in the way that I need to show up for them. So it's probably better for me to go get a piece of salmon and some broccoli and some of the other stuff that's in the kitchen that I prepared for myself earlier this week to make it easier for me to do that than to push a couple of buttons on my phone and let somebody ring the doorbell and drop that on my doormat. And so, you know, we get to make almost in every choice a red pill or a blue pill decision. And the more that you can do to break out of the box, and for some people, I'll call it the prison of comfort, so that you can expand, grow, the better off you are. Some people just want the same thing over and over again because it feels good. Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's what's best for you. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you're going to grow. And maybe you feel like you've grown enough, and that's okay for some people. But for the people who have extraordinary lives, the people who feel great, I can guarantee you that they're not just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Got overwhelm? Then you need to get my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at OverwhelmSucks.com. That, that's a good point. And I like how you, you share with us your back to back all day today. And this is one of the, the benefits of being an entrepreneur. I don't do back to back to back days. I, I will not do it. I know how many clients I can take per day, how many interviews I'll do per day. Cause I like that space in between you yeah. like doing back to backs. And when you're an entrepreneur, you get to choose. I know what works yeah. best for me. You know, what's worked best for you. You go to a corporate environment you go there at eight, you got a meeting at nine, the last at 10 30. You got a sequence like you were talking about the, the Ford factory went up to Detroit. They do things a certain way every day. You and I have the, the ability to change things up. And I really 
really uh, honor that. Now, I want to go back to something we alluded to earlier is excuses. One of the things when it drives me nuts is when people make excuses. So yeah. I have been a daily runner every day since August 29, 2017. Every day I've run with a bad back. I've run with the flu. Probably not the smartest thing. I even had an embarrassing thrombose hemorrhoid. I don't know if you know what a thrombose hemorrhoid is. It's very painful for 10 days. I ran every day. I know people go, well, I don't feel good. I'm not going to run or I'm not going to go for a walk. And the little, the teeniest excuse to get them out of it, which tells me they didn't never, they were never going to do it anyways, because everything's got to be just perfect. The sun's got to be at the perfect angle. The temperature's got to be at the perfect temperature. The wind's got to be at the perfect speed. If, if you're waiting for the perfect conditions, my friend, you are never going to even reach for the red pill, let alone take it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to go from there. Other than- <laughs> Yes, amen, brother. Keep preaching. <laughs> Keep preaching. I I don't have the I'll call it track record since we're talking about running. You do on the daily run for it sounds like four years, five years. It's coming up five years. August 29th of this year will be five yeah. years. Which is what as I say that, it's insane to think about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I but I, I did have a stint where I did run every day for a year. And it was six miles and I I just needed something different. And I needed to know that I could do something different and the discipline. And and here's the thing. This is a beautiful thing about it that you, you didn't say, but I think it's important for the listeners to hear when you get up and you do something like that, you know, for a fact that you did one thing right today. Mm-hmm. You know for a fact that you kept that promise to yourself. And because you kept that promise to yourself, you can hold other people accountable to the things that they share or suggest to you. That's magic. Mm-hmm. Because that is where transformation begins. And if you continue to do that, it is what will make the transformation stick. And you can apply that to anything else. Some people say make your bed. Some people say drink a bottle of water or a glass of water when you first wake up, whatever that habit is being able to actually take an action and turn it into a habit, then that becomes a standard changes what your life actually ends up being. When my mother passed away from Alzheimer's on June 13th of this year, people asked me, you ran on when the day your mother died. I'm like, she's still dead. Okay. Um, me not running is not going to bring her back. Okay. It's not going to fix anything. Yeah, exactly. So I still ran 30 minutes. I run every day. It, it's me not me running is such a fundamental part of my life. Yeah. I go out and I try at least twice a day, run, run naked. Now that doesn't mean without clothes. It means without headphones. I, I don't yeah. know what you were thinking that there, Jerome, but when you run naked, you're not listening to a podcast, an audio book or music. You're just listening to nature. And the days I run naked, I have so many great ideas because now my mind is free. I don't have to process the whatever in my ears, but I encourage people if, you know, take the red pill, it's going to be scary. If you've been taking the blue pill your entire life, take the red pill. But then I want you to be open-minded. Okay. Most people who take red pills are open-minded. They're like, Hey, let me try things. I I tried new things and that didn't work. And I, or I pivoted, try something else. That to me is the excitement of the day. When people say, they tell my wife, your husband works seven days a week. 
And she goes, oh, he's not working seven days a week. He's doing what he loves to do seven days a week. There's a difference. And I, I choose to it now. Now, on the weekends, we're entering the NFL season. The NBA will be not too far behind. I watch Premier League English football. So I watch those, but I also get a lot of stuff done. But it's not work for me. I love what I do. And I think if you approach anything you do in life as like, I get to do this instead of I have to do this, for me, it changes everything. What say you? It's an opportunity, right? And if you see it as an opportunity, there's a chance that you might enjoy it. If you see it as a chore, if you see it as a task, <laughs> it's likely to feel like work. Um, it, one of the guys out in, in Seattle that I know by the name of Dan Rogers, he's, he's doing this project to redeem work. He believes that work is the most honorable thing, action that you can do. And so many of us have tried to figure out how to get away from work. And it's mm. only because we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing. We're yep. doing the things that pay well. Instead of the things that actually have real impact and the things that we replace on this planet to actually do. But here's the thing I can tell you. If you have tremendous impact, there's no way you don't have massive income. They go together. The more people Mm -hmm. you help, the more money you make. There is no situation where that doesn't happen. But we've been trained. We've been coaxed. We've been fleeced into believing that only way that we can monetize is by doing this thing in somebody else's system where they're getting a, giving us a paycheck and they're getting a profit, right? Profit is always better than paychecks. Mm. And if you can create the system, if you can create the opportunity, then you have a chance to collect the profits instead of the paycheck. And mm. for the people who are there and you're like, Man, this guy's weird. He, he talks slow. <laughs> <laughs> he, he tells really crazy stories. I ask you to suspend disbelief mm. that there's something that you haven't been exposed to that could transform your life and put you in a space, as he mentioned early on, where you're centered, where you can show up as you are, wherever you are, and know that you don't need to hide or, or be shameful or adapt to this person or that person because of who you are. Right. People welcome you in. They invite you in because they see your true essence. They see your authenticity. That is when things really start to happen. That's where the magic actually starts to happen. You mentioned that sometimes people are doing what they shouldn't be doing. Our family dentist went through mechanical engineering college, got a degree. He got honors. And he goes, I don't want to be a mechanical engineer. Went back through dental school, graduated honors, and now he's a dentist. Now, that's a, I don't recommend people doing that. That's very expensive. But he realized that his passion wasn't in mechanical engineering. He graduated with honors. He wasn't, he, he knew that before he got invested in the career. Now, I'm not encouraging anyone to go through an expensive lesson like that. But I'm saying, you mentioned this a couple of times, Jerome, be present, you know, Maybe you have to go someplace quiet without your technology and just do some brainstorming on paper. Like, what do you want? I believe everyone on this planet is here for a reason. And I think the vast majority of people have no clue what that is because they're just, again, going back to the car manufacturer earlier, they're just going through the motion. They got a good paycheck, good benefits, and they're just going through the motion and they're not living out their purpose. Not living out their purpose in any meaningful way. 
And yeah, there's, man. All right. I'm going to jump on the soapbox because you're you're talking my talk now, right? So I graduated summa cum with an engineering degree. And I knew my sophomore year that I didn't want to be an engineer. But I finished the degree anyway. And then I went and got an engineering job. And I said, oh, man, I don't want to be an engineer, but I'm going to do this. Thing. <laughs> and then I became a, a lead. And then I became a supervisor. And then I became a department manager. And then I had a P&L for a $20 million division that on the day when I started was at zero. And we went from zero to $20 million in less than a year. And wow. I had 175 employees when I was employee number two in that group. I didn't want to be an engineer. I knew I didn't want to be an engineer. I want to run my own business. I knew, I, I knew these things, right? But our ability to actually acknowledge that the thing that we started out doing isn't the thing that we want to do, right? We made this decision at 18 and now we're 30 and we're still trying <laughs> to be that. Or we made a decision at eight and now we're 48. And we're still trying to be the person that the eight-year-old thought we were going to be. When is the time, when is the last time that you decided who you're going to be? When is the last time that you decided who you're going to be? Was it this morning? Was it last week? Was it when you got divorced? Was it when you got fired? Was it when you got your heart broken by your college sweetheart? Was it when your parent died? Was it when your parents got divorced? When was it? When did you decide who you were going to be? And does that serve you today? Does that serve you today? If it doesn't serve you today, are you willing to give rid of that and redefine who you're going to be and then pursue that person with all of your zeal? If not, then why are you still here? Because I believe there's somebody in everybody's life who's passed away who we knew was an amazing person. We thought they were a better human being than we were, and we're still here and they're not. So why don't they deserve your breath? Because they could still be doing the thing. Because you're wasting it. You're literally wasting air. And that might feel harsh. But think about that. There's somebody that you know who you felt was a better human being than you who's no longer breathing. And you're not taking the opportunity that you have in front of you because you're holding on to things that do not serve you today. You're sitting in a prison. You're in a box. You're in a matrix. Well. I am going to end the episode on that because I don't want anybody to miss what you just said. That's a mic drop. That is gold there. And listener, please hit that rewind button on your podcast player and listen to the last five minutes again. You need to hear what Jerome just said in the last five minutes, like four or five times. So I'm just going to ask him now. Where can we go to find out more about what he's doing in the world and how we can get in touch with him? Because I don't want to add any more content to this because that was pure gold, Jerome. So where can we go to find out more about you? Yeah, JeromeMyers.co is the place to go. Everything's there. You can find all the podcasts. You can find the free content resources. You can find all the social media from that one spot. Excellent. I want to thank you for being on the show and especially that last five minutes, boom. I mean, I wish I had a sound effect of an exploding bomb, but I, I sadly, I don't. But um, <laughs> really appreciate you being here. So uh, I wish you well. I'm so glad we connected. I'm so glad you honored us by being on the show today. You're an awesome human being. Thank you again for being here. 
Mark, so grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Mark Struchowski podcast. Before you go, it would mean the world to me, and I mean the world, if you would do me a quick favor. Share this episode with one person you know that needs to hear it. Because life tends to get in the way, do it right now. I'm on a mission to help as many people as I can, and you sharing this episode with someone would help me on that mission. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again real soon.